Thank you, flight attendants and nurses. That's us saying that, not Jimmy Deeds, which does not sponsor in real life anyway. The Yearbook Internet Sports Cast. I'm your host, Doug, which we did not mention last week, thus becoming the first podcasters to ever not. Well, you know what? I was going to say we became the first podcasters to ever not talk about themselves. But as you know, in doing a podcast, the first nine or ten years of doing a podcast is you learning how to do a podcast and you forgot everything you wanted to say, including your own name. Uh, Well, we were all distracted by the very imperfect Mayor of Easttown on HBO, which in its most recent episode took the fantastic actors doing a great job. It's nice shooting and decent enough story and partly undid all of it with some bad editing, some bad music and blah dialogue. Just like the really convincing argument at a really unconvincing basketball reunion from another episode. Sure, we remember all that and we don't remember the whole other half of the Division I AA football bracket. Last week in Division I AA football, we said the next game was the championship game between James Madison and South Dakota State. But actually, we literally didn't notice the two other teams that were still alive in the tournament. What are you going to do with them? While trying to intentionally make a point, about how Division I AA is actual, real-life spring football for footballaholics that no one is noticing, we mistakenly made that point. By first getting the day of the quarterfinals wrong, we said they were Saturday, they were actually Sunday, and then a week later, forgetting about half the teams in the Final Four. We wouldn't have forgotten what day Alabama and Ohio State was on, and we really like AA football. Anyway, we were saved. By South Dakota State, which did make the championship game for real this time. So some of the things we said last week are true, but they won't be playing James Madison, which did not dominate football. James Madison lost, so South Dakota State will play Sam Houston State in the championship, and this is still South Dakota State's first appearance in the championship game, and Southern Illinois did not damn near make the championship game. Like we said last week, the Salukis damn near made the semifinals. Nice job. Us. Get ready for the NBA play-in tournament. This is real. And if you needed me to say this is real, you might not know how it works. So here's how it works. Only the 7th-seeded, 8th-seeded, ninth seeded and 10th-seeded teams in either conference are involved in this. After the season, but before the playoffs start, number 7 plays number 8. And the winner of that game, it's just one game, is the official playoff 7 seed. The loser of that game then plays the winner of number 9 versus number 10. And the winner of that game is the official playoff 8 seed. If you're like me and you're concerned that it's hard enough for an NBA underdog 7 or 8 seed to win a championship, and now those 7th or 8th ranked teams had to fend off postseason pre-playoff challenges from non-contenders just for the right to then face the best teams in the conference, those low-seeded teams have had decades worth of chances already and haven't done anything with them. Since the NBA went to 16 teams in the playoffs in the early 80s, the lowest-rated team to win the championship was number 6, Houston in 1995. So in more than 35 seasons, no 7 or 8 seed has done anything in the playoffs anyway. Or have they? The Knicks were the 8th and last seed in the East in 1999, and they went all the way to the finals. They even won a game. 
but the 1999 Knicks are in. Uh, it's actually pretty remarkable, uh, win or go home, but it's actually pretty remarkable how stable the NBA playoffs are year after year for the favorites. Interlopers almost never do any serious damage to the NBA's bracket. The 99 Knicks were the only legitimate surprise. A lot more famously than that, the eighth-seeded Nuggets upset the heavy conference favorite Sonics in 94, but that was the first round. Those Nuggets didn't get anywhere near the finals. Just last year in the Disney Bowl, the surprise Heat made the finals, but even they were still a five seed. And when Miami fell to the fifth spot, they were already locked in to play the Pacers in the first round anyway. It was just a matter of which one was going to be seeded number four and which one was going to be number five. And the 95 Rockets, yeah, they were a six seed. You could just leave it at that. But they were a misleading six seed. They were the defending champions with Akeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler, Kenny Smith, and Robert Ory. Despite all the stats... Part of me still wants to give a 7 or 8 seed the rest of eternity to wait for the one low-rated team to finally do it. And now with a play-in round, that seems impossible. But the play-in round is actually a radical but deceptively good idea. Whenever any other league wants to liven up the regular season and keep more fans and more markets interested for longer, they just add playoff teams, thus cheapening the regular season, making the playoffs even longer, and not producing any real radical results, at least so far. What the NBA has done is liven up the regular season without actually enlarging or cheapening the playoffs. NBA teams now have more motivation to finish at least sixth in the standings. Doing that basically gets you four days off and keeps you out of one or two extra games. On the other end, there's very good reason for teams number 9 through 12 and maybe beyond to not give up hope. They all still might be able to get in, and fans with serious out-of-contentionitis might have a couple of games to still look forward to. At the same time... The play-in process is really short. It's only four days and two games max. Uh, Despite the danger it puts seven and eight seeds in, it's relatively fair. Low-rated teams have to win two games just to get into the actual playoffs. High-rated teams only have to win one. And there's no extra teams in the playoffs. No extra best-of-seven series. No whole week leading up to one extra game. Important, the NBA play-in series is also not the NCAA tournament's play-in game. Do not confuse those two. The NCAA play-in games at first, like, what was it, back in the 90s, at first, they were a way to give NCAA tournament bids to big schools without taking tournament bids away from other big schools. So unmarketable small colleges who were the champions of their their one-bid leagues were forced to qualify for March Madness after they already qualified for March Madness. The big schools were immune to the play-in. They never had to play in it. Now the play-in games are designed to put extra teams in the tournament while also not offending the big schools. But that still requires small colleges who are their league's only tournament team to qualify for March Madness after already qualifying for March Madness. Although the NCAA did help a little by subjecting for lower-rated big schools to the play-in round as well this time. The NBA play-in series, on the other hand, involves all members of an elite group of elite teams who all have access to the same draft, the same money, the same marketing, and the same coaching, yet still weren't very good. At the same time, the NBA play-in series also isn't the U.S. Open tennis or U.S. Open golf qualifying tournaments where uninvited, low-rated pros or amateurs try to play their way into the big time suddenly. 
unlike that, just making the playoffs should not be the big prize for NBA teams. I mean, it should say, we're number eight. We're number eight. Really be a thing? So the NBA having this, this whole thing sponsored and calling it the State Farm Play-In Tournament just seems a little out of place. Now, obviously, everything needs to be sponsored. But are you ever going to hear any joyous player or fan say, we did it. We won the State Farm Play-In Tournament. Yep. This season's not even over yet. And Sports Business Journal, at least, reports NHL teams seem likely to sell advertising on their helmets again next season. Look, obviously, the pandemic did a lot of damage to sports leagues, and there is a definite need to somehow make back the perishable lost money from last year. As on NHL helmets didn't exist last season, but they do this season, so bang, 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 there's your perishable lost revenue created out of thin air. But you know now it's going to be really difficult slash impossible to go back. It's like um, the extra fees that you get charged for various things by various businesses. At first, a business might desperately need those fees to survive. But after a while, the business just becomes addicted to the extra cash and keeps charging extra whether they need to or not. When things get normal again, how many NHL teams are going to say no to cash? But even more than the ads on NBA uniforms, which I also don't like, The hockey ads are really, really distracting. Despite the helmet stickers, I know, the team's the same, and the players are the same, the ice is the same, the puck's the same. But in the middle of a brutal NHL battle, it is still really difficult to get up and rally behind that big, bright, shiny Capital One logo. And the Pennsylvania town's name is actually East Town. It's not so we were hoping it'd be slang for like a rough part of town. It's not slang for like a rough part of another city. Oh, you don't want to venture out into East Town at night. No, it's really called East Town. That's what they're going with. 